Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield and I am the co-director of Charts at Billboard. Joining me as always is Billboard.com Senior Editor, Katie Atkinson. Hello. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm feeling very special today on this special edition day. It's a special kind of day. <laughs> um, well, we'll tell you why it's special in just one second because the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop. For all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the week's big pop news, fun chart stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Now, on this week's show, it's a special edition dedicated entirely to counting down the top 10 biggest selling albums of the entire Nielsen music era, or the last 25 years. Uh, Katie and I will count them down from numbers 10 to number 1 and surprise one another, well, hopefully surprise (laughs) one another, uh, with fun facts about each album. Plus, we've got an interview with one of the guys behind the biggest selling album of the last 25 years. Spoiler alert, uh, Lars Ulrich of Metallica. Uh, The band's self-titled 1991 album is the biggest selling album in Nielsen music history with an incredible 16.4 million copies sold. And that's just in America. Uh, I spoke to Lars on the phone a few weeks ago uh, for a Billboard magazine story about the 25th anniversary of the album, and we thought we'd share some of our conversation in the podcast. Uh, But first, before we get started on this big countdown and our interview with Lars, if you enjoy the podcast, and well, you know, why wouldn't you? Subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode and give us a rating or review while you're at it. If you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. <laughs> Katie's like, hmm. It's like, I need to work Katie more into the intro. I say too many things. We need to get you talking more. But it's more. like business. You got to get through the business. Well, we can give you some business. <laughs> yeah. I'd like some, I'll say my own terrible Twitter name that is hard to find. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. K.T. Atkinson. <laughs> K.T. Atkinson. Just think of K.T. Tunstall. <laughs> um, well, full disclosure, uh, we are recording this episode in advance due to our work schedules this week. So make sure to check out billboard.com for all of our normal charts coverage about the latest happenings on the charts, including the Billboard Hot 100 and the Billboard 200. In case you were wondering why we aren't talking about this week's charts, it's because we're recording it where we can't actually talk about this week's charts. (laughs) Yet. It's yet. It's, (laughs) it's, you know, timey-wimely-wibbly-wobbly. But we're still doing chart chat. It's just a little, it's historical chart chat. Historical chart chat. It's a very (laughs) more specified, but general chart chat. Anyway, um, so uh, let's dive into this countdown. Um, Some background about Nielsen Music. Uh, They actually started electronically tracking point-of-sale music purchases 
in the United States in 1991, and Billboard started using that data in making our Billboard 200 Albums chart in May of that year. Um, it totally revolutionized. How did I say that right? Yes. I always think I say revolutionized wrong. <laughs> Revolutionized. You got it. Oh, well. Just revolution and then add an eyes. Revolutionized. <laughs> that actually makes more sense to okay. think of it that way. Well, it revolutionized, right? <laughs> yes. It's, it's, like me, it's like me saying Dimmy, 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 Dimmy. dimmy. <laughs> anyway, how, um, how our chart works, it totally revolutionized it. And since then, Nielsen has expanded its data world to include airplay and streaming tracking among a million other things that Nielsen does. Nielsen, it's not just Nielsen music. Nielsen captures all sorts of consumer data. You know, they do TV ratings. They figure out how many books are sold each week. And they know, you know how much Coke is sold and what cities each week. Coke? Like Coca-Cola. <laughs> not the drug. Beverages. It's like, man, they, they're, they're really uh, getting into it. <laughs> um, and, you know, most of Billboard's charts are actually powered by Nielsen's data. So, you know, when we talk about the Hot 100 each week or the Billboard 200, most of that stuff is all coming from Nielsen. Um, so we thought it would be fun, since we have an interview with Lars, to talk about uh, the top, you know, selling albums of the Nielsen era, which is effectively the last 25 years. Because we started using Nielsen data in the Billboard 200 in May of 1991, like I just said. But Nielsen actually started tracking sales a little bit before that, earlier that year. Um, but effectively, it's like 25 years. Yeah. It's also a nice round number. Yes. Sort of round. It's 25. a nice, solid number. Thank you. Solid. That's a good <laughs> word. So um, let's just uh, start counting down. Oh, one more thing. These sales are through the week ending August 18th, 2016, in case you happen to be listening to this podcast sometime. A year in, from now. A year from now. Three years from now, yeah, well, when the next Taylor Swift album comes out. Things or... will have changed. <laughs> um, and again, these sales are only for the United States. Yes. Um, so we're going to take turns, and we'll start off with number 10. Katie? Well, I'd like to actually start out by pouring some out for Unsync at number 11 with no strings attached. Oh, you just, you, you're just like, <laughs> wait, number 11! <laughs> I just love Unsync so much, so it bears mentioning. Um, but our actual number 10, getting the, the real countdown well, What's started. number 11? You didn't even say what the title yeah, was. No strings attached, I said. Oh, I wasn't yeah. sure. <laughs> but number 10 uh, is Adele, 21, which actually is going to be the most current album on our top 10. And how much has it sold? Well, it actually sold 11.7 million copies. Just 11.7. That's all. That's all. <laughs> just 11. So that's all you have to do to get into this list is just, break 11.7. Just 11. <laughs> 11.7. Um, the album came out in 2011, um, and it was number one in the U.S. for 24 non-consecutive weeks, I believe. That is correct. And by the way, uh, Katie and I did our research for, for this particular segment of the show independent of one another. It's true. So we don't know what the other person's going to say. Yeah, and meanwhile, I'm talking to a charts expert and probably quoting stats from his own stories back at him. So probably. hopefully I'm getting them right. Um, but it, uh, it is the longest chart topper by a female solo artist ever on the Billboard 200 with 24 weeks at number one. He looks skeptical. Right now. I'm trying to. I'm scrolling through my brain. I'm like, Carol King. No, I don't think so. And no, no. Sure, I'll go with that. All right. Well, it's it's the internet said it, so it can't be wrong. It's, it's probably something I wrote. <laughs> yes. Um, well, number nine is an album by a band that many people love to hate. Sure. It is Human Clay by Creed. Um, now, people may hate on Creed, but they were incredibly popular. In the very late 1990s and early 2000s, 
Um, and this particular album sold 11.71 million copies. So Adele's 21 in maybe a year or two. I was going to say, this one seems especially ripe to get picked off. Yeah, ooh, dear. Soon. Um, well, the, you know, the album was an incredible success, and uh, here are my fun chart stats. I don't have as many as Katie, but... Oh, did I go too many? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> did I quote too many Keith <laughs> fun facts um, at Keith? In 1999, Creed frontman Scott Stapp told Billboard magazine that the band, quote, feels awkward making videos, but we're giving it another shot with Hire. And Higher evidently was the first single from uh, Human Clay. Can you take me? Huge, huge hit. Very inspirational. They were in, all. In they way. always told the line of whether they were a full-on Christian group. Yeah, vaguely Christian, yes. inspirational. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very with arms wide open. Yes. You know, I can't. That's my Scott Staff impersonation. <laughs> it's not very good. Well, anyway, the, clearly the music video worked for Hire. The song, uh, thanks in part to the wide popularity of its video, became the band's first top ten hit on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, reaching number seven. That success set up the band for their first number one single, "With Arms Wide Open." Um, Human Clay debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 chart in 1999 and spent two weeks at number one. The album would linger off and on in the top 10 all the way through early 2001. Um, the album was just sort of inescapable and actually had a really interesting trajectory. It started off really big and then it fell out of the top 10 and then it came back like four or five months later when With Arms Wide Open Uh. became this huge like top 40 inescapable. Like they were unavoidable truth um and i think that's in part how people got really sort of burned out on them kind of quickly yeah um it it, you know they it's funny blessing and a curse they 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 had kind of gone out of their way to be kind of like a touring band that didn't do music videos and they were very rock focused and then they opened up to the idea of making videos and becoming a little bit more top 40 friendly and it was one of those things where it kind of worked but also made people angry at them for some reason <laughs> yes um so anyways there's number nine creed <laughs> human clay with 11.71 million copies sold all right well my i'm we're on to number eight which was a uh a classic group a woodstock era group actually a woodstock that, group yeah. yeah woodstock group yeah. that uh that had a huge resurgence in 1999 this is santana with the album supernatural um, which anyone who lived through that remembers uh, Smooth with Rob Thomas very well. Give me your heart. Make it real. Perhaps Maria Maria, assisted by one Wyclef Jean. And uh, um, the product Project, G, the product, product, the product G8. G&B. Right? Oh, my God. I'm just making things up now. How about you just but, let me talk? <laughs> but um, uh, he apparently, Carl Santana went to Clive Davis in the late 90s and said, like, I want to make music that's relevant now and Clive Davis loved the idea and immediately thought like let's bring in all these huge acts so radio can't ignore this legacy act of Santana you know like they're gonna have to play the Dave Matthews band you know song they're gonna have to play all these songs with these artists and it became this massive selling album it sold 11.9 million copies to date which is insane and like I've I said, the, the yeah the radio songs were just inescapable. So a few fun facts. Um, one of the things that I really liked when researching these albums was the ones that didn't debut at number one um, and what albums they were stuck behind. Oh. I thought was interesting. So oh boy, I won't um, remember. Well, this one is really interesting because it debuted at number nineteen on the Billboard 200, not just not at number one. 
Um, it was a slower burn. And uh, Backstreet Boys Millennium was number one the week that it debuted. It was um, July 3rd, 1999. And then it actually didn't end up going to number one until October 30th. So four months after that. So um, it just had a little bit of a different trajectory. Yeah. Um, Carlos Santana became the first Hispanic artist to win record of the year for Smooth, which was also very interesting to me at the Grammys that year. It was the 2000 Grammys. And then... Uh, this is especially interesting. It is the best-selling album of original material released by an artist who had already been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We will have another group that released this, an album that came out after, or I should say, yeah, after they were in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but it was not original material. Uh-huh. So that's the uh, differentiation. But um, we'll wait and what we'll a, let you know what that group is. What a, a weird later. wiki. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.